Hey guys, it's time for announcements. Are you excited? I'm excited. Lots of cool stuff happening here at church. Wednesday night, our night watch, that's September 21st at 6.30 p.m. That's a night of prayer and worship. You won't want to miss it. It's going to be a really nice evening. So that's this Wednesday at 6.30. October 5th coming up in a few weeks is our next One More Youth Night. Uh, That will be at 6.30 for middle schoolers and high schoolers, grades 6 through 12. Uh, That's going to be a great time for teenagers to come over to church. We'll have worship, a message, uh, pizza, a game. It's going to be a great time. They won't want to miss that. Also coming up soon, October 12th at 6.30 p.m. is our next jam night. That's for all the musicians and vocalists to come to church and gather and worship uh, to some songs. Uh, It doesn't matter what your musical skill level is. uh, It's a great time to be a part. So join us for that. Also in October, big event, October 28th is our Fall Fest. Uh, that man, that's going to be awesome. We have some special musical guests joining us for that, and uh, you know we'll set up bounce houses. There's going to be candy for the kids. It's going to be a great time. So join us for that. Keep downloading the app. That's got lots of great information on it. And um, yeah, I, I'm looking. I think that's all the pertinent info we have. So let's get ready for church. Woo! All right, welcome those of you joining us online. We're getting ready to go, and glad that you're with us. Uh, Worship was awesome earlier, so uh, we're going to enjoy that with you here in a moment. Back into our series on uh, the fight about spiritual battle. Got some cool ideas to go over with you today. So get your Bible. Maybe Ephesians 6 is where you want to be. Get a coffee. Get ready. Here we go. Woo! Good morning. It is great to see you all and hear your voices. We're looking forward to spending time with you guys in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we are attempting to do. We'll see what happens. We start things off here with communion, and Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship, and it's been a really, really great worship time this weekend. So we're looking forward to doing that with you. After worship, Pastor Jordino will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse We'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classrooms, and then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in the fight part 10, and it's really full of good stuff, and I know you're excited, but before we get into it, any of it, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We're here to celebrate you, Papa, your goodness and your faithfulness to us through the week. And Papa, we're here to study and to listen. And to tell you how great you are, how much we love you. So as your spirit settles upon us corporately, soften our hearts, keep our ears open. Papa, we want to be changed by your words today. 
Help us to draw closer to you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty and eternal God, help us to grow in faith, hope, and love. And so that we may obtain what you promise, help us also love what you command. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Pastor Fran. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. Same matter, he took the cup. It's the last night of the Passover celebration, cups of plagues and sanctification and poured and celebrated. Jesus took the third cup, which took up redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Okay. Drink this in remembrance of me. There with his friends that night, Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance remembrance we call communion the Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, we get together and partake in this meal. I want you to remember me. So his friends got out this morning. We too can partake in this meal. The bread and the cup. By the Lord, we remember, give thanks, remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. One remember how he died and rose again. One remember with all thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table, the elements of communion, bread in the cup, by the Lord. Table's open this morning to all who believe. It says, we worship and you feel led by the Spirit. Go eat, drink, remember, give thanks. Amen? And amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. We're going to enter now into our time of worship, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst here today. Really, just sing it out. Proclaim, worship him. We'll see the words pop up on the screen, so it's really easy to sing along with. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. We are here for you, Lord.
across the pages of time He who made every living thing Behold Him He who heard humanity's cry Left His throne to wake as a child He became like the least of us Behold Him, Jesus, Son of God, Messiah, the Lamb, the Roaring Lion, Holy Still, and behold
now we love you, Lord. We worship you. We are so, so thankful for your presence here today. And God, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with all those working with our precious children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, O Lord. You're so good, God. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Boys, can I sit right over here? Okay, good. Good morning, everyone. Today's true story comes to us from the book of Second Books. And we are continuing our story on the, from Elijah. Remember last week we talked about Elijah and how he made a contest, right? To show everyone who the one true God is, right? Well, today, hello, beautiful shell. Wow. Guess what, guys? Today, God has told Elijah to go and find this man that has a similar sounding name as his. His name is Elisha, right? And he said, and God says, Elisha is going to be prophet after you. Right? So Elijah obeys the Lord and finds Elijah working in the field. And Elisha follows Elijah. Sometime later, when it was time, God spoke to Elijah and told him that he was going to, it was time for him to go to heaven, right? And at this time, Elijah would not leave Elijah's side at all. In fact, Elijah said, stay here, Elisha, right? The Lord has called me to Bethel. And guess what Elisha said? He said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will never leave you, right? So they went together to Bethel. When they got to Bethel, right, Elijah again said, you stay here, Elijah. The Lord has called me to Jericho. What do you think Elisha said? Again, he said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. Thank you. Good job. Okay. And then they left together to Jericho. When they were in Jericho, Elijah for the third time said, stay here, Elijah. The Lord has called me to go to the Jordan River. And Elijah said again for the third time, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will never leave you, right? He's not going to leave him. So guess what? There were a crowd of 50 prophets, right? When Elijah and Elisha got to the edge of the river or the Jordan River, and they were watching them, right? And Elijah takes his coat, which they called a cloak then, and he rolls it around. And guess what he does with it? He goes like this. You watching? Okay, pretend that I have a coat right here. He goes, wham! He hits the water, right? And guess what happens to the water? The water parts, right? So that they can walk on dry land to the other side. 
And Second Kings chapter two verse nine tells us what happened. It says, "When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elijah, 'Ask whatever, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you.'" And Elijah said, "Please let there be." A double portion of your spirit on me. You see, Elijah wanted the same power, right? Or the spirit that gave Elijah power. And Elijah said, "If you see me when I'm taken up, it is yours." And guess what happened? All of a sudden, a chariot of fire and with horses of fire came, and. Between them, right, and Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind, and Elijah saw all this. So he picked up the cloak that had dropped from Elijah's, and he took it back to the river. And guess what he did? He hit it, hit the water with the cloak, right, and the water parted for him just like it had before with Elijah, right? God had given Elijah the same spirit that was. In on Elijah because he needed needed it to, to do his work as a prophet. Many many years later, guys, Jesus spoke to his disciples. Oh, wonderful! He spoke to his disciples and told them to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And guess what? Today, as believers, God gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can tell others about Jesus. Isn't that amazing? So cool, right? Awesome. All right, so now we're gonna say the Bible verse together. Are you guys ready? Okay. Second Kings two nine. Second Kings two nine. Very good. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elijah. Elijah said to Elijah, "Ask what I shall do. For you, before I am taken from you." And Elijah said, "Please let there be, please let there be a double portion, a double portion of your spirit, of your spirit on me." Excellent job, boys and girls. That was so good. Look how we get smiley faces. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And then Pastor Georgina will pray for them, and they can be dismissed to Children's Church. Yeah, I'm so sorry, but they're coming back soon, right? Just apparently, there's a few follow-up theological questions going on. I'm so glad, and then your heart's gonna be happy. All right, guys, are you ready? We're gonna bow our heads. We're gonna close our eyes and pray to the Lord. Ready? Okay. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord God, for your love that fills our hearts, Father. Lord, I pray that everyone will understand what it is to have your Spirit inside of us, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to understand that, Lord. Give us all peace, Lord God. Thank you in harmony, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Go have fun. Listen to your teachers. Learn well. Thank you, Pastor Georgina.
blessed with children. Welcome to the vineyard. I didn't know. I was going to say, it looks like they're doing the Bible verse down there, but Georgina's actively managing crowd control. Yeah. You have to know. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. No, it's good. (laughs) That little time's important, you know, for the kids to be up front, recognized, loved on, feel important, get a little camera time, a little screen time. They like like their screen time, mic time, whatever they can get. We're glad to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us online. And uh, if you're a first-time guest or visitor, that code is for you. If you point your smart device at it with the camera on, you will get a link to our digital connect card. Fill that out. Very simple. And you will receive texts and emails from us for the next five or six weeks. They'll tell you about the church and welcome you and ask questions, all that cool stuff. Also, we have gifts for all the first-time guests Back at guest services, if you didn't get one on your way in, stop back on your way out and uh, pick up your first time guest gift. Amen. Okay, good job. We pray for our neighbors. Now, we do this corporately when we gather to reinforce what we've asked you to do all week long. Be praying for your neighbors. I get a lot of encouraging reports back about people who are seeing their neighbors show up at church, and uh, that's a wonderful thing. And so keep it up. It's like our, it's like the first thing that we do is uh, be praying for them. It's part of the reason you are where you are is because God wants you there praying for the people that live around you. So think about a couple of your neighbors and let's lift them up to the Lord. Papa, we, uh, we come before you and we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty ways and that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you and help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Keep it up. We're going to continue on in our series called The Fight. We're talking about spiritual battle. And uh, just this, I hope that the time that we spent in laying a foundation really bears fruit as we press into what this battle looks like. So we'll be talking more about that. Today, but before we do all of that stuff, we should do some bad jokes. Yay! (laughs) It's okay if you don't know what the word inconsequential means. It's not that important. It doesn't work. work, Try this next one. No, it's really bad. I don't know. Okay, I'll do it, but only because you asked. All right. But it comes off not feeling right. Well, it's a little... What is red and bad for your teeth? A brick. It's just not right. Hey. It just seems violent. It is violent. It's, it's violent. Yeah. I censored it myself last night. I go, my wife <laughs> Which won't is like unusual. that. Okay. Last one. Oh, this is funny. A pirate walks into a bar with a paper towel on his head. The bartender asks, what's with the paper towel? And the pirate says, arg, I got a bounty on my head. <laughs> Good job, babe. That was texted to me. The, the ones that texted it to me are celebrating right now. Oh, good. Did you get one? You got a joke set out. That's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. That's a big deal. Yes. Welcome to the vineyard again. Before we read the word, let's press into Papa, change our focus a little bit, and pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I 
pray that today as we worshiped and we praised you, Father, and our devotion to you, Lord, I pray that it was a sweet, sweet, sweet smell before the throne. And Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here or listening that doesn't know about your reckless love, Father, that that would just be downloaded to them today, that you would you would just tweak memories of times in our lives where you recklessly pursued us. And we just thank you for your presence here. And yes, Lord, you will always be welcome in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word, if you're able. The text today is out of Paul's epistle to the Ephesians. It's a very powerful little book. And these are only three scriptures out of chapter 6, but they pack a big punch. 6, 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Blessed be the word you guys can sit. delicious. Okay, so uh, we're in week 10, talking about spiritual battle, cosmic battle, and we spent the first eight weeks really laying down a, a theological foundation for why there's evil in the world and what the battle is really all about and how we got to this place and what it looks like. And then last week, we, uh, we talked about the church. And I, I said, this is one of those pivotal points for us to understand um, in order to engage in the battle that we're called to is what is meant by church. And the discussion last week was that um, the church, when we read about the church in the Bible, it's always about people. It's always about the people from the time of Jesus who've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior till now, all of us as sort of the human family of God. Or it, it could be talking about a, a specific group of people in a specific place, church. It's always about people. And so the church is, is not a building or a facility. Right now we're the church gathered corporately, but when you leave the facility here in a little bit, uh, you will still be the church. You'll just be the church on mission. You're the church. And that we need to get a hold of that, that the church, this is the big point, isn't something that we do, it's who we are. We are the church. And that one of those schemes that the enemy has been cooking up, and that, I, you know, he's very good at his schemes, that's why we need to be aware of them, is that over time, for many people, church, at least in our culture, has become something that we do instead of who we are. And the, the concern with that is that if church is something that you do, it just is sort of on a list of other things that you do. And it's very easy, depending on situations, for it to move down on that list. Or you think if you've done it, well, I did church, you can check mark it off the list for the next week. 
And that's just not how it works. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm glad that we gather. We talked about how important that is and what that looks like. And I'm glad that you watch online. But you, you don't check off being the church. You're always the church. You're the church 24-7. And, and we gather to be encouraged and get nurtured and strengthened to go and do then what God has called us to do as His family in the world. So we have to get a hold of that first uh, so we can sort of see what the battle looks like. So the church is who we are not what we do. Because it's who we are then, we're engaged in um, this cosmic battle, the spiritual battle. I'll interchange those two terms, but I use cosmic for now because it sort of goes back to how we introduced this whole series talking about cosmology and cosmic temple. Those terms should sort of relate to you now that I said for this series, that cosmology would be that there's a heavenly realm and an earthly realm and that they overlap. There's a connection there. Heaven isn't millions of miles away and we're earth. There's a connection and then we've explored that. This, there's the, the spiritual family, the little e Elohim, and the human family, and the issues that have happened between all of those things uh, has got us to the point we're at. God's heart was for everyone to connect together here on this planet, and we've had rebellions and all kinds of stuff going on, so that it's in, resulted in this cosmic battle. But I want to make sure you understand, and this will be another pivotal thing in spiritual battle, is that our battle is not against flesh and blood. And it's really important that the church gets a hold of that because I think the enemy, it's another one of his schemes, has shifted us off that. And we often feel like our battle is is flesh and blood. It's against people. Uh, It's against people with differing opinions, people who don't believe perhaps. And we can get them sort of as the focus of what we think the battle is. And that takes us off track completely for Ephesians 6.12. Alice read this. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So because of the time that we spent laying this out, that should make perfect sense to you now. It's talking about those fallen little E Elohim that are behind the mess. And we need to be aware of that. We need to be aware of them and not target people as the enemy, because people are not your enemy. In fact, they're, they're your mission. They're who we're called to love. That's why we're here. That's what God has created us to do, to partner with him, to go after those people who don't know God and don't, you know, in Christ and reconcile, make a way for them to meet Jesus, to be reconciled. We talked about that as the manifold wisdom of God. That's how he set it up. And, and we need to understand that's our mission. How crafty is our enemy to get us distracted and, and think that people are the problem? And then we get diverted and we're going, we think well, we're going to go in that direction instead of always remembering that it's this, these dark evil powers that are behind every institution that we have that are the heart of the problem. And so it's, it's never about people. Now, into that, I want to introduce this idea that Jesus gives us that there's two kingdoms. And uh, throughout what we talked about, we have to learn to think a little bit uh, differently than perhaps we do. We tend to think in very, you know, uh, black and white ways. And, and yet, the Bible is filled with these things that are intention and overlap. And we have to learn how to hold a couple of things in tension. And some of the examples would be like me telling you about heaven and earth, that there's overlaps in heaven and earth. And we've looked at those a lot over the last couple of years. We've also talked about this present evil age and the age to come in the midst of this series and other series. 
and that because of what Jesus has done, somehow the, he's brought some of the age to come with him. And it's still, the present evil age is still where we exist, but something has happened at the cross that's changed that a little, and we get a taste of that now, and we live, we call that the tension of the now and the not yet. Jesus inaugurated uh, the, this whole thing at the cross. He'll consummate everything when he returns. We live in between times now in the tension of the now and the not yet. Well, there's also this idea of the kingdom of God, and we'll say often the kingdom is here, but not fully here. Jesus inaugurated the kingdom consummated on his return. And so we'll read about the kingdom being upon us, but not fully upon us yet. Look at this, Matthew 12, 22. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man, they brought it to Jesus, who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. And all the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? That's good discernment there. Yes. But when the Pharisees heard this, They said, it's only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? So then they will be your judges." But if it's by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So there, Jesus is talking about these two kingdoms. Now, here's another important thing when you read that that I want you to connect with. We've talked about this a lot as well. If you read kingdom of God and you think that the Bible is talking about a geographical place or talking about heaven, you've got to check that thinking. That's not what's being talked about. When we read about kingdom there, it's not about a place. It's about a rule or a reign or authority or the right to rule. And, and, and this sets up the tension of the actual battle of what's going on is who has the authority to rule and to reign. And so the kingdom of God, God's rule, his authority has come in part. But uh, we still have this issue because there's this other kingdom that's still hanging around that also thinks it's holding on to some authority, right? And we've set that up in our, in our big talk. And so that's sort of the issue that's going on and how we're engaged in this battle. So when you read kingdom, don't think of geographical place. Think about rule and reign. And so our enemy, and we've said this a lot, is defeated but not departed, and, and that's how we continue to be in this battle. See, he lost completely. The enemy lost uh, during the crucifixion and resurrection. He lost, but he has not yet given up. He continues on, and we need to be aware of that. And uh, one of the ways I like to think of that is uh, if you have ever watched any World War II stuff, if you do any history, uh, I like some of those documentaries. To me, it's kind of like D-Day. When D-Day took place, the Allies knew that they had won. That was the big turning point. We knew we had it from there. The enemy knew that as well, but they never gave up. They just kept fighting until the very last. And there was all kinds of casualties that happened and took place after D-Day. But that was the turning point. The tide had turned at that moment. Well, it's kind of like that for us. The, The cross is the turning point. We're assured of victory, but the enemy just doesn't walk away. He's going to take, the evil ones are going to take as many with them 
as they possibly can. We need to press on knowing that we're assured of the victory. The the, the victory is not in question or in doubt. The battle, listen, isn't against God and Satan. Satan can't even get in the presence of God. God is God. There's no one like God. The battle that exists has to do with authority and rule and reign. And remember our part in that. Jesus, God in the beginning gave us authority over the planet. We surrendered it to the evil one at the fall and then more at the flood and, and the Tower of Babel. We surrendered that authority. Jesus gets it back. He's got it now, and he tells us to go back in his authority, and we're continuing moving towards what we read about in Revelation 21. We know that the victory is ours, but we're still engaged in a battle with this defeated enemy who refuses to depart. And I, this is one of my favorite passages in 1 Corinthians 15. You can read this, because it really kind of sets the stage for things. For as in Adam all die, that's where death came in, we talk about that, so in Christ... All will be made alive. Jesus made a way for us to be reconciled back to God. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruit. That's the first time Jesus came and what he did at the cross and the resurrection. Then when he comes, that's talking about the second time that he comes back, those who belong to him. That's when we get you know, set up with him once again. And then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he's destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. All this mess that's hanging around. Uh, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So when Jesus comes back, the battle will be completed. But until then, this is an ongoing, fierce, spiritual battle that we're engaged in. When you get this now, it's like I'm going to pop a verse up here, and my thinking would be that you've read this verse, and because you, it doesn't, you look at it, and it's almost shocking, you skip over it. That's what we do with verses a lot of times. If we can't relate to them or figure them out, we just skip over them. But, but have, you, have you read this and ever thought about what's going on here? 1 John five nineteen. Now, we know that we are children of God. And the whole world is under the control of who? The evil one. That, see, that, that should just sort of rock some of the ways that you think about things. And, and we need to challenge that because it all has to do with this authority. Now you know, so, so how did that happen? How did the enemy get control of the whole world? Well, you, you've seen it take place. The fall, the flood, Tower of Babel. You saw with the nations when God put seven, made 70 nations, he in effect said, you don't want me here, turns them over to the little E Elohim, who not all, were not all necessarily evil at the time, but have been since corrupted. We read about that in the Psalms. And he gives them authority over all these nations. He, he, fine, if you don't want me, here you go. And they have it until Jesus goes to the cross. When Jesus does that for us, God comes and takes care of that. He takes that authority away. But they keep operating under that old authority because um, if you allow them to have authority, they do. You don't have to, but they do. And so... They're not going down without a fight. When Jesus returns, he's going to set everything right. But until then, this cosmic battle continues. And, and you need to sort of see that it looks like. So it's not against flesh and blood. They're, in fact, our mission, and, and we need to figure out how we can move towards them. This is our battle to help them come to know Jesus. And, and this is really then how this battle is fought. And, and it's so important for us to get a hold of this. And so I like this sort of illustration. I hope this will help. 
thinking of the whole D-Day thing and all the people going in. It's almost as if what Jesus did was he parachuted behind enemy lines and landed. And then he gathered some followers. And then he trained them how to do what they needed to do. And then he sent them out to go and get other people and to train them and to move them out, operating behind enemy lines, taking enemy territory as he keeps pressing on. And it's done by freeing those people that are captive. That's how we're called into this battle. We're called to operate in the fruit of the Spirit, which is why we did that series first. Loving people to the point where they decide they want to be reconciled back to God and we're releasing them from the captivity of the enemy who has them. See, that's if you haven't made your way into the kingdom of God, you're in the other kingdom by default. It's not a neutral thing. There, there is no neutral stand. You're either in the kingdom of God or you're in the other kingdom. And so what we do as people who have been rescued and brought into the kingdom of God, into the light, we're to go and help people find their way out of darkness into light. It's done through the freeing of those who are captive. Now think about that, and you can read what uh, read along with what Jesus read out about his mission. He says in Luke 14, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. It's a big part of how we help people become free from captivity, is we're the ones who share the gospel, the good news, the message that sets people free. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Now don't read that and think that it means people that are locked away in jail and prison. I'm, I'm sure it applies to them as well. It's talking to everybody who is still in captivity to the enemy's kingdom. Those are the prisoners. They're in bondage to slavery and sin. We're to go and proclaim this good news to them. Recovery of sight for the blind. Not just the physically blind, but the spiritually blind. Because remember, one of the enemy's tactics is to blind people to the truth and keep them in darkness. We're to go and help them to see the truth in Jesus to set the oppressed free to liberate the captives, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's what Jesus said his mission is, and then we partner with him, and he gives us the same mission in effect. Jesus came to them and said, Matthew 28, 18, we just looked at this verse last week, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. How he got it all back, all the authority, took it all back at the cross when he defeated the evil one and defeated the power of sin. He has all authority. Then he says, now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations. That should connect with you. All nations. Those 70 nations that were set apart there uh, at the Tower of Babel. You go and tell them there's a way to be reconciled, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age, until he comes back at the end of this present age. And see, that's what the battle looks like. He commissions us to go and set captives free. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about spiritual battle. We, we understand that we have a very real enemy and that he's behind everything. This, these fallen Elohim are behind and in the midst of every institution that we have. They're the problem. Make sure, though, you're aware of them, but what you do is you don't battle against flesh and blood. You go and minister to flesh and blood. You go and encourage flesh and blood to come and know Jesus. That's how we engage in this. And this battle is won one person at a time. Light overcomes darkness one person at a time. One at a time. One at a time. You've heard our mission here, right? One more. That's why. That's how we do it. Keep going after them one at a time. And we do that by yielding the Holy Spirit and living this life the way he's called us 
on this journey. See, that's how we engage in this battle. Now, last few minutes, I want to do a quick slide presentation. I've actually done this with you before, but I want to do it again. And I need to do this in preparation for next week. I'm going to be talking about the Lord's Prayer. Lord's Prayer next week and then into the armor of God. But the Lord's Prayer is so amazing. And uh, it's like, you know, when Jesus says, this then is how you should pray, he meant it. The Lord's Prayer is not a suggestion. It's, it's, a, it's his way of calling us into partnership with him in that whole commission thing that I just talked about. And it's his way of empowering us to know what it looks like. And we're going to talk all about that next week. But it wasn't just, here's another tactic of the enemy. Let's make this prayer, the Lord's prayer, the Lord's heart. And it's the he, poem he gives in the prayer is so amazing for us. And he wanted something that we could memorize as a guide. But the enemy twisted it over oh, you just memorize this and say it. And it knocks all the power out of it. Not all the power out of it, but still the Lord's prayer. But it's not what it's meant to be. It's a, it's a guide to praying into how we're to daily live to engage in this battle. And, and you'll be so cool when you see it. But there's this thing that comes up in the Lord's Prayer that I want to address now. Because I, people talk to me about this all the time. It, that part of the line, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And people say, why do we pray that? Isn't God's will always done? And unfortunately, the answer to that is not yet. And that's significant into the way you understand things. Because people will say to me, well, if God's will is always done, why do I need to pray? We're not, we're living a tension yet where it's not all set the way it's supposed to be. It's still a mess because we have an enemy. Things that happen are not always God's will. And, and that's one of the reasons that we engage in prayer and on this journey. And, and so I, I want to explain that again. And I think these slides will help that so that when we get into that next week with the prayer, it'll make sense. So, um, Quick slide presentation. I always tell people, so this first slide, that is actually a slide that I've been teaching with for 30 years. It's back in the records. And, and that's a, it's taken right out of George Eldon Ladd's book, The Gospel of the Kingdom, which was life-changing for me a long, long time ago. If you've never read it, it's a short book. You should read it. In effect, here's the idea. So, so follow along. So what you have there is the, the present age. That's, the, that's that first line, the bottom line. And then above it is the age to come. We, we talk about that. And because of what Jesus has done at the cross, somehow the age to come has come in some manner into this present age. And we live in this tension between the two ages. We'll call that the now and the not yet. And so the kingdom is here, but not fully here. We, there's a tension. There's overlaps. There's things that we need to be aware of, which is why that we're supposed to pray. God's will, at the age to come, Revelation 21, when all that's set up, that's everything is done. Until then, until heaven comes to earth and all those things happen in new creation, we're still in this tension that we live in. Well, I think that's helpful, but then now everybody is using Venn diagrams to explain things. And I want to be one of the cool kids, too. So I came up with a Venn diagram. And let me just say quickly, here's what often we tended to believe, is that heaven and earth are separate things, millions of miles apart. At some point, this is how we sort of used to understand the gospel, Jesus comes out of heaven, pops into earth, does what he needs to do, so that eventually those who believe in him can pop out of earth and go to heaven. That's 
how we sort of reduce the gospel. Unfortunately, that's really not a full description of what happens because of some of the things I just said a moment ago. We know in Revelation 21 that the garden heavenly city comes out of heaven to earth. Earth is renewed and restored and we get resurrected bodies and we're back on the original plan that God had for us to live on this planet with Him and, and to be connected to Him as His royal priesthood. He's never given up on that plan. We've diverted it, but He's stayed with it and that's where we're headed. And so what really sort of looks like is this. This is a better sort of diagram. I want you to think about this before we get to next week. Heaven and earth. I said they were created. This is a picture of cosmic temple. They overlapped. There were, there were realms, but they were, there was an overlap that happened between them. That's what it's talking about in creation. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Not far apart, but like this. At the fall and with the flood and the Tower of Babel, people think, well, what's happened because of that then is that there was this complete separation of heaven and earth, that that's the result of the fall. But it's not what happened. The reality is more like this. That at the fall, and because of rebellion, you had this setup where where the overlap was less than it was um, because of the way we've gone. But there was always this connection, this heaven and earth connection maintained. We read about it in the Old Testament, tabernacle, temple with Jesus, now with us with Holy Spirit. But it's there. And so the age to come is partly here, but not fully here. It's engaged. It's moved into the present evil age, but we still have that going on. And that intersection, that's where I like to think of the kingdom of God being. That's the, the, the rule and reign of God is here, but not fully here. And when we pray, let your kingdom come and let your will be done, you see the bottom arrow? That's what we're praying, that it continues to increase is what we're praying for until what? Well, until we get back to how it all started, new creation. Everything connected again. That's Revelation 21. You sort of, if you have that model in mind, then when we engage in the Lord's Prayer, it will really begin to make sense. And you'll see how it connects us into this battle that we're engaged in. And, and uh, how he's partnering with us, which is what he's always wanted to do, make a difference on the planet. And we'll do that until he returns. Anyway, that's good for this week. It's a lot of information, but uh, ponder that. Read up on the Lord's Prayer for next week, and uh, we're going to get right into that. But we're done here for today. Ministry team, why don't you head over to the wall? People on the way over there are here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. But let me say this. All of this journey starts by knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's done everything that needs to happen for us to be reconciled at the cross and resurrection. Our part is to believe in our hearts confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he's accomplished that for us. And then we're connected to him. When we, when we respond to that invitation, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? It changes everything, and Holy Spirit comes. And that's the beginning of your life in him. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, I'm going to ask you, please, do it right now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? It's the best decision that you will ever make. Don't wait any longer. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? Amen. Such a good message. Thank, Thank you. you. Good. I like the diagrams. Diagram? <laughs> good diagrams. You like the Venn diagram because that's the cool one. It's the cool one. Anyway, um, 
anytime the Lord breaks through your life, that kingdom of God, the now and the not yet, you're in that little space of the tension. That's an amazing space to be. And that's what the people at the wall want to pray for you. They pray for the not yet of healing. They pray for the not yet of provision, of things that only God can do, words of knowledge, stuff like that. So if you need prayer for anything, go get some today and, and live in the overlap. Amen. 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 Thank you, church, again, for your amazing generosity. We just love partnering with you. Thank you for your faithfulness to giving and offering and tithing and all those really cool things you do and allowing us to make a difference here in the community and really even around the world. So very, very cool that you're doing that. Let's sing doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here today. Uh, we'll get these doors open for you. Head out that way. Ministry team is over there. The sun is shining. Maybe we're going to have a nice day. Good. Uh, get out there, catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be kind. We'll see you soon. God bless you. Thanks for watching online. We love you guys. Hope you have a great day wherever you are at Lord's Prayer next week. So get ready for that, Matthew 6. Definitely looking forward to it. You know what else I'm looking forward to? What? Chili dogs. Oh, chili we got chili dogs Yay. at home. <laughs> All yeah. right, everybody. God, God bless, bless you. you. Bye-bye.